How and why did a Muslim man convert to Christianity? Join us today as we hear Nate Salah's story and journey of faith. We'll also discuss ways to build relationships and talk to Muslims about faith issues. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries, and your host for today's program. Welcome, Nate. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. Well, you shared just briefly at a Christian Business Leaders Luncheon uh, about your story and uh, your coming to faith in Christ, and I just said, and that was like six months ago, I want you as a radio guest. Let's set it up. Now, uh, you uh, uh, have a business, and I know that income tax time is a busy time for you. Yeah. So now we are ready to hear that story. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Tell us a little bit about your journey of faith. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually the son of immigrant Palestinian Muslims. My family uh, uh, is from Jerusalem area. My mom was actually born in a refugee camp in the on the east side of the Jordan River in 1948. It was a tough time in that area, of course. That was when Israel became a nation. And uh, my parents uh, uh, were a part of that, uh, that transition. Uh, for the Palestinian Muslims, uh, and most Palestinians, a lot of antagonism, of course. And to this day, you can mm-hmm. turn on the news, and we still don't have a, a solution for that area. I grew up in that type of, of atmosphere. I actually was born here in the United States, but when uh, when I was uh, eight years old, we immigrated uh, back to Israel, and my mom wanted to get back to the roots. And uh, it's tough. It's tough being an immigrant and uh, still having a desire to be home. So it was really neat for me to learn the culture, the language. I learned to speak Arabic. And um, and at the same time, though, it was, it was disheartening because I saw war and it was ugly. Mm-hmm. I, I went to an all-boys school there in Israel, in, in East Jerusalem. And uh, you don't see everything here in the United States that you you know that you actually witness there. Uh, uh, boys would put a Palestinian flag on the, uh, the top of the school uh, roof, and you wouldn't see them for a couple of weeks. They come come back with two broken arms. So that was a big no no mm-hmm. uh, in that area. So uh, those kind of things uh, were, were were prevalent in my mind. So uh, schoolgirls getting chased down the street by uh, military. Uh, dogs and things like that. So it, it actually created a, a, a hatred mm-hmm. in my own heart. Uh, uh, and I, I, when we came back to the United States uh, about How a year later, I was at 10 when, when we came back. So it was really a shaping period of life. If you think of most, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds, mm-hmm. they're very impressionable. And I came back with um, just a disdain, uh, not only for uh, war, but uh, for uh, uh, anything that wasn't Palestinian. I was really <laughs> pro, pro-Palestinian. And in some senses today, I, I still am. I still believe that dignity is important uh, and, uh, and we still need to find solutions for that. But as a child, uh, my, my parents were divorced. My mom was a devout Muslim, still is. Mm. And so I learned all the tenets of the faith. Uh, I, I prayed, I fasted during the holy month of Ramadan. Uh, I uh, Participated in in the in the Islamic uh, rituals and festivals and and it's, it was a big part of our lives. All of our family uh, was uh, very c- central to the faith. We knew about Christians uh, when when we were kids. We we'd learned uh, that uh, the Bible uh, was, as far as Islamically, was a corrupt book. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and the Torah as well. 
uh, although Muslims believe that they are originally from God, uh, but they have been altered, and so they're not trustworthy. And so I grew up in, in that type of understanding of, of Christian faith. Incidentally, though, uh, growing up, I, I remember uh, my mom really being interested in the Christian love for Jesus. Uh, it's it's uh, In Islam, we have less of a an idea of of love in terms of God's love for us. It's uh, mercy uh, is is really the operable term that Muslims uh, use for that. So I grew up in that that understanding. And as a teenager, I was really rebellious, as many teenagers are. And I began to question my faith, um, not from a perspective of did I uh, not believe that it was real, but uh, that it was helping me uh, along my way. And uh, I began to, to search out other, uh, other faiths. I, I uh, wanted to uh, take a look at uh, the Dalai Lama and uh, those types of, of faiths. And, and so I was, I was searching, but anything but Christianity uh, or Judaism would have, would have been helpful for me to learn from uh, while still remaining a Muslim. So I, so I wasn't searching necessarily to leave Islam, but I was searching for ways to have more peace, have more understanding of my role, my purpose, uh, God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s uh, that I, I met a young lady. And she wasn't a Christian at the time, but she did have uh, Christian roots. Her mother was a Christian and a very strong one. And uh, uh, through our relationship, uh, she began to gravitate t- toward Christianity. And, uh, and through her desire to get closer to God, uh, she began to really start to study and start to uh, embrace Christ, although she hadn't yet committed to him. And uh, I remember uh, she would borrow my car and I'd get my car back and she would, uh, I'd turn the radio on, or start the car up, and the radio would have Christian talk radio on, and it would infuriate me. I was so upset. I said, "Why would you leave that on my car?" You know, I felt as though it was insulting. Mm. Yeah, and so you know, she's just five foot two, little bitty thing, and I'd tower over her and say, "Don't ever do that again." And uh, I'd say, "What are you trying to do? Convert me?" <laughs> and she'd respond, and "Say, well, would that be so bad?" <laughs> so she was borrowing your car so she was probably listening to christian radio but also thinking it would be good for you to learn a little bit more she sure was yeah and and through that uh what i uh what i learned uh was that uh kind of the opposite of what you think would happen we actually decided to go our separate ways uh because we were incompatible uh religiously uh, she was moving toward Christ. I didn't have any desire or interest for that. So we decided to go our separate ways. And I actually uh, got a plane ticket to go back to Israel to uh, visit. And this was in 1999. And uh, my, my mom was living there, and I went to visit her. And uh, there would be a wedding uh, that weekend uh, when I was going to go visit. And I thought, maybe i just find myself a wife. <laughs> Because that's what you do at weddings, <laughs> at least in that culture. Uh-huh. You pick them out and you say, okay, that one, 
that one might suit me. And you, you tell, you tell a parent or a relative and they meet the family and they say, okay, well, the families are suitable. So that was the plan. Uh, but God had a different plan. Uh, while, and I, unbeknownst to me, while I was overseas, uh, getting started on my trip, uh, um, who was then my former girlfriend, got on her knees and gave her life to Christ here in the United States. Um, she, she committed to him. And do you know that night of the wedding, which was the same night, I got deathly ill. Couldn't leave the house. I was sick as can be. And, and uh, not only that day, but the following day and the following day and the following day. And what it did, Kay, was it really grounded me to really think about what my life's journey was, you know, where I was going with this, why I was so hard-headed, and even just opening the door to listen. And uh, I rolled off of that couch three days later, asked my brother if he'd hop on a plane with me back to the States. And uh, when I got back, uh, I was a whole lot better physically. And um, I saw her again and I said, uh, let's talk. And she said, okay. And I said, well, I'm, I'm willing to, to listen. What is it that um, you have to share? And she said, well, here, let's make a deal. I said, okay. <laughs> she said, I challenge you to get to know Jesus. And I said, okay, well, I challenge you then to get to know Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Now, in hindsight, I don't think she spent too much time getting to know Muhammad. <laughs> but I committed myself to getting to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that same Christian radio station that I once was so furious about her uh, uh, introducing me to, I turned it on willingly myself. And that was Bot Radio, which were one of our stations. Yes. And we actually record our program there, so we're not afraid to say that. Oh, but yes. just, yeah. It, because Christian radio touches lives with the gospel. Amen. As it did with you. Yeah. So in 1999, I turned that radio on. I started listening to Bot Radio, KSIV here in St. Louis. And, uh, it really just began to to talk to speak to me directly, you know, like guys like Adrian Rogers, Chuck Swindoll, Ravi Zacharias, D. James Kennedy, and the list goes on and on. And they became my my pals, and I would just let them speak to me, uh, James Dobson, and share the gospel. And over uh, a two year period, uh, I began to learn more and more about Jesus, and uh, it didn't come without. Uh, uh, resistance. Uh, I didn't want to be a Christian, uh, but I but I really was f- uh, I was falling uh, in love with with what who Jesus uh, is, and uh, I wouldn't even touch a Bible. Uh, matter of fact, uh, because of the corruption that I grew up in, I believe that I shouldn't even be in uh, uh, in in contact with one. Really. Because Muslims, as you said, believe the Bible is corrupt. It is not, in their opinion, the Word of God or truth. Yeah, it's been altered. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, some areas not. Some areas, yes. But it wasn't. I was listening to uh, Hank Hanegraaff uh, uh, one one evening, and there was a gentleman named uh, uh, Max McLean who had just come out with the first full audio Bible, mm. and I said, "Hey." <laughs> 
I could do that. <laughs> You're listening to radio anyway, right? <laughs> so I ordered it, and uh, I began to play it uh, uh, on the loudspeakers. That I had a, uh, a communications company at the time. And my two my two employees that were were Christians, and they're saying, "What's going on with Nate? Why is he playing the Old Testament <laughs> on the radio at the office?" And so I began to allow that to permeate and learn. And I I listened to the Old Testament through the New Testament, and then the Old Testament through the New Testament. I just continued to learn about this this plan that started all the way in Genesis mm-hmm. and ran, ran all the way through Revelation. And uh, after two years of, uh, of that journey, and so many other things were happening as well, and, and uh, I'm a very black and white kind of person, but I, you know, the visions, uh, uh, the dreams uh, were just continuing to nudge me and, and let me know that uh, there was more uh, than meets the eye to this Jesus. And after two years, uh, in February 2001, I had I had learned so much, but I still hadn't committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it so got, you knew about Jesus. I knew about you knew Jesus. God's word, yeah, or you knew what it said, but you didn't believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready to take that step. Matter of fact, if there's if there's a word picture I could use, uh, all the pastors that I had been listening to on Bot Radio uh, had walked with me to this point. And as if, as if they were saying, look, we just can't go any further with you. In order to enter the Father's presence, we can't take you there. We can only point you to who can. And so at that point, it was, we have to stop, and from here on out, it's just you and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one winter night, February 2001, I committed, and I said, I want to walk into the Father's presence with you because I, I can't get there on my own. And uh, I really began to understand what it meant to uh, transgress, what it meant to fall short, what it really meant to sin mm-hmm. and need a Savior. Right. Now, I didn't understand what all that entailed in terms of the responsibility and the sacrifice and, uh, and even the, the benefit, the, 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 the blessing that would become of that. I just said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go where you're going to take me. And I told my, uh, I told my girlfriend at the time. The next day, I said, "That's what I did," but don't call me a Christian <laughs> because <laughs> I still don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> you had prayed and yeah. asked the Lord to yeah. guide you, yeah. and and you had understood sin. Yeah. So, uh, but you weren't yet going to call yourself a Christian. Yeah, uh, precisely. Oh, and okay. so, it, and what I was learning was that I was, as much as I. Uh, was ready and I committed to uh, Jesus becoming my Lord and my Savior. I didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I just, I still didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I knew what I was being saved from, but I didn't understand it in a profound and deep way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just walking with him because I saw all the prophecies led to him. I saw that his followers died for what they believed was true, mm-hmm. that they saw the death, the burial, the resurrection. And uh, it was beginning to impact my life in uh, supernatural ways. But it took a great deal of time for God to really continue to work out uh, my salvation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Matter of fact, uh, one of the first things I asked for was healing and freedom uh, from really my 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 hatred that I grew up in. Mm. Uh, and you know, Palestinians and Israelis have a lot of antagonism, and I asked I asked for God to heal me for that, and and he. That was one of the, the 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 miracles, if you will, that he gave me because it wasn't something I had to consider or something I had to work toward. Well, now I need to work toward that. It, he took it away. Mm. He took the way that hatred away, and now it's nothing but love uh, for my brothers and my sisters that that are unlike me in terms of their their uh, geographical heritage. Yeah, let me make a few yeah. announcements, and then we'll continue discussing. Nate's story or hearing about Nate's story. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering the booklet Reasons to Believe. To receive the booklet at no charge, email us at witness to family at gmail.com or call our response center toll free 1 877 250 8416. Family Shield is a listener-supported radio ministry aired on 52 radio stations throughout the United States and Canada. Please keep us in your prayers and consider a gift this month. We love to hear how our program has touched your heart and strengthened your faith in Christ. Write us, Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. I also have an article that we can send to anyone that would be interested called We Love Muslims Because He First Loved Us, and it was from a radio program that I did and shares a little bit more about uh, the Muslim faith and how we should witness in love to them. So if you're interested, you can email us or call us that at that 800-877 number. I want to go back to my guest, Nate, and uh, he is sharing his testimony and how even though he had committed his life, he still didn't want to be called a Christian. Tell us more. <laughs> so I went to my, my uh, at the, so we, shortly thereafter, uh, I, we married, and I went to my mother-in-law, uh, who, was, who was so sweet, so kind, and, and so uh, uh, knowledgeable, uh, in the Lord. And I said, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a Christian or not. <laughs> she says, you're a Christian. <laughs> I said, how do I know? <laughs> she said, you're a Christian because you're, you've committed your heart to Jesus. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you're saved. And uh, it took me a while to begin to accept that because I, I didn't, I didn't want to be, uh, labeled uh as as a christian because of what i what i had experienced as a child growing Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. it was and so but but as i began to really read and the book of john is so instrumental uh in terms of uh, at least for my walk and jesus says you know if uh if you abide in my word you are truly my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and then few verses later, he says, if the Son has set you free, free you are free indeed. And I wanted that freedom. And I wanted to abide in his word. You know, to abide in his word is to to make it your home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he goes on uh, to say uh, that he is the resurrection and the life. And if I believe in him, though I am dead, yet shall I live. And those are the kind of um, words that Jesus gave me to help me along my way. 
but there was so much to work out as with any person. any person yeah. <laughs> you're not so, perfect you're yeah. just forgiven yeah. yeah yeah exactly and uh i had uh i had the the cross for uh, a muslim is uh uh, it's really difficult to describe the uh, the challenges uh, a, a Muslim has in embracing uh, Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. So we were taught that he didn't even die on the cross, that he was replaced by someone else. Matter of fact, part of the Muslim creed in Arabic is la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, which is to mean uh, there is no uh, God but Allah, one with no partners. So they have a problem with the triune God. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. So that's ingrained in you know uh, in, in, in the belief system. Uh, and so uh, worshiping a, uh, a a crucified Christ, a, a cross crucified Christ, uh, is a uh, is a ticket to hell in in Islam. Mm. And that wasn't easy mm-hmm. for me to, for, for I should say, for God to uh, work me through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still holding on to that. And, he, and even through my walk, I become stronger and stronger in my walk and learning more about uh, what his call was and his purpose was for my life in terms of stewarding and shepherding that which I'm entrusted with. But that cross, even though I would go to church every Sunday, I'd still look up at that cross, and it was still very difficult. Matter of fact, even before I was a Christian, I had a friend, believe it or not, in a nightclub that gave me his cross necklace. Oh. Can you believe this? <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I just I thought it was going to burn my hands uh-huh. or something, and I put it in a box, and I, and I put it next to my nightstand for years. Oh, really? But it, but it was constantly reminding me that you've got to deal with this. Uh-huh. And I and and, and and other ways too because he had walked away from God and I gave him that cross necklace about five or six years later oh. and uh, it helped him to return. Yeah. So the Lord is working on all in all different areas. You know, He sees it all. Uh-huh. It's not just you know. It's, it, he's not linear. Sure. <laughs> but I prayed about that. And the interesting thing about sometimes when you pray uh, for God to to free you of something, oftentimes God as you know, doesn't just make it go away. Mm-hmm. He takes you through it. Mm-hmm. So I said one one day at church, I just was praying, Lord, help me, help me, free me from my aversion uh, to the cross because I know it's so central mm-hmm. uh, to your mission. And uh, he answered that prayer in a very unique way. Uh, just not a, a few weeks later, uh, I was at a men's prayer breakfast and uh, at, at, uh, at our church, and the uh, worship pastor came and sat down uh, uh, next to me. He says, "Nate, you know we've got a uh, we've got a church uh, Easter play coming up, and uh, I'd I'd like you to try out, and uh, you know for for a party." I said, "Oh, great! That sounds fantastic." You know, being of course of uh, Mediterranean descent, mm-hmm. you know I you know I the, the I felt like I could fit a part of like Pilate. Uh-huh. Or uh, uh-huh. you know one of the Sanhedrin. I wanted to play a bad guy <laughs> they, because I just you know Pilate. Yes. He never is tough enough on on screen. I feel like he just needs to be a <laughs> little tougher. A little yeah, more, yeah, yeah. What you know? What been. is truth? You know that kind of stuff. And uh, he says, "No, uh, 
I was actually thinking of a different part. And I said, okay, well, what part is that? He said, I, I want, I was thinking that you should try out to portray Christ. And I said, well, I know how that story goes. <laughs> and not that that wouldn't be a tremendous honor and a blessing, but he gets up on that cross and that's, I don't know if that's something I can do. And even as I was saying it, I was being convicted. Yeah, you knew you needed to do it. And I got home and I told my wife and I said, you know, I asked for God to help free me and here's what he does. Mm. He says, well, <laughs> here's how I'm gonna free you. I'm gonna put you up on that and really show you uh, that I am who I am mm -hmm. and that I can help heal you. Mm. And so I did and the Lord blessed me with, with portraying him, which was a tr total blessing. But two things that I uh, learned through that, one was when I was up on the cross, I was, uh, I, you know, I felt so unrighteous, <laughs> even just in a play. I felt unworthy. And I, uh, I was just crying out to God, I don't belong here. I'm the wrong guy for this. Uh, and in my heart of hearts, I just heard him just, uh, just calm my spirit, just say, shh. But you are worth every nail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were worth every nail. Mm -hmm. That was my grace moment. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I get it now. I get how far sin separates us from right. you. And, and that come. the cross is yeah. an aversion to all of us yeah. because he had to suffer yeah. on that cross for our sins. Yeah. There was no other way. That's right. There was no other way. So I think the cross for all of us is difficult when we realize how much he suffered yeah. for our sins. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Our time is just about up. We have 60 seconds left, Nate. Anything else that you want to share with yeah, us? Yeah, I do want to share one one more, one other thing that happened after that. And uh, I, so many people would come up and say, what, a, what, a, what an awesome portrayal. But the one thing I remember most is people said, if I would have known it was going to be this good, I would have told more people. Ah. You know, and on one hand, I was so blessed. I said, glory to God. But on the other hand, I became sad because... I don't know if there's regret in heaven, but I don't want to get to heaven and and see Jesus and tell Jesus if I would have known it was going to be this good, <laughs> I'd have told more people. Yeah, yeah. that's and we need to tell more yeah. people. You bet. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amen. Nate, for your wonderful testimony, and may God continue to bless you and use you Amen. for His kingdom. And uh, again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. You want to learn more about Family Shield, go to our website, www.familyshieldministries.com to get our um, the, the article on this topic, one 250 8416 or email us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.